The Bible Study Podcast, episode 564. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 1 Kings 22. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Remember, in this story of the kings of Israel and Judah, we've been spending a lot of time on Israel and spending a lot of time on Ahab and his relationship with various prophets. And we get another one of those today. And last week we had Ahab who looked over at one of his neighbors, saw this vineyard and thought, gee, that would be nice for a vegetable garden and made a reasonable offer and then ended up letting his wife go off and have this person uh, falsely accused and murdered. And the prophets told him at that point that his kingdom would end and that he would be killed and eaten by dogs and <laughs> things like that. Not not good news. And today we get Micaiah prophecies against Ahab. For three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. But in the third year, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went down to see the king of Israel. The king of Israel said to his officials, Don't you know that Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us, and yet we are doing nothing to retake it from the king of Aram? So he asked Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight against Ramoth-Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. But Jehoshaphat also said to the king of Israel, First seek the counsel of the Lord. So the king of Israel brought together the prophets, about 400 men, and asked them, Shall I go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or shall I refrain? Go, they answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, There is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him, because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. He is Micaiah, son of Imlah. The king should not say such a thing, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, Bring Micaiah, son of Imlah, at once. Dressed in their royal robes, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, were sitting on their thrones at the threshing floor by the entrance of the gate of Samaria, with all the prophets prophesying before them. Now Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, had made iron horns, and he declared, This is what the Lord says, With these you will gore the Arameans until they are destroyed. All of the other prophets were prophesying the same thing. Attack Ramoth-Gilead and be victorious, they said, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. The messenger who had gone to summon Micaiah said to him, Look, the other prophets, without exception, are predicting success for the king. Let your word agree with theirs and speak favorably. But Micaiah said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell him only what the Lord tells me. When he arrived, the king asked him, Micaiah, shall we go to war against Ramoth-Gilead or not? Attack and be victorious, he answered, for the Lord will give it into the king's hand. The king said to him, how many times must I make you swear to tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Then Micaiah answered, 
I saw all Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, These people have no master. Let each one go home in peace. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, Didn't I tell you that he never prophesies anything good about me, but only bad? Micaiah continued, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the multitudes of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth-Gilead and going to his death there? One suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By what means, the Lord asked, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Then Zedekiah, son of Kanana, went up and slapped Micaiah in the face. Which way did the spirit from the Lord go when he went from me to speak to you, he asked. Micaiah replied, you will find out on the day you go to hide in an inner room. The king of Israel then ordered, take Micaiah and send him back to Ammon, the ruler of the city, to Joash, the king's son, and say, this is what the king says. Put this fellow in prison and give him nothing but bread and water until I return safely. Micaiah declared, if you ever return safely, the Lord has not spoken through me. And then he added, mark my words, all you people. Now, one thing that's a little odd in this chapter is we have the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and we haven't introduced Jehoshaphat. We're actually going to introduce him later on in this chapter. But I think you probably could sense there was something different about the two kings and something different about Jehoshaphat than some who had come before him, right? They're the two kings of the two halves of God's people. Well, not halves. Israel is larger than Judah. And they're going to go to war against Aram. And so Jehoshaphat says, great, I'll go with you. My people are your people. My horse is your horses. Let's do, let's do this thing. But, but before we do it, let's seek the counsel of the Lord. This is something that is different. And so first, Ahab goes out and he gets 400 different prophets, and they all say, great, go, this is the time, you're going you're gonna to win victory. And Jehoshaphat doesn't take their word for it. The number doesn't matter. These are not prophets of the Lord. These are, well, they're false prophets, as we will see, but more importantly, they're not even claiming to be prophets of the Lord. Everybody knows they're not prophets of the Lord. When he says, don't you have a prophet of the Lord, Ahab knows who is, right? It's this Micaiah guy, but I don't like him because he brings me bad news. Now, I ask you, what is the job of a prophet? Is it to bring news that the ruler likes, or is it to bring the truth? The correct answer, as Jehoshaphat knows, is to bring the truth. It is better to have a truth that is uncomfortable than a lie that is comfortable. 
and I think of this with in our day and age of you know fake news and things like that. The debate of the question often isn't is this true, it's is this convenient, is this good for me, and that's the wrong question. But it's often how things are actually being judged. It's not what people say. They say, well, that's not true. And they really mean, I don't like that. It's really the same thing that Ahab is saying is, I don't like this Micaiah guy because he keeps bringing me bad news. Now, if you're going to make a business as being a false prophet, I don't suggest you do. But if you're going to be a fortune teller, if you're going to be a palm reader, if you're going to be anything like that, and again, I don't suggest you do, because the laws of the Old Testament are against those sorts of professions, and they are for this reason that you usually can make more money if you tell people what they want to hear. But that is false prophecy. And so they bring in this Micaiah guy, and before they bring him in, they coach him, right? Everybody has said you should attack. That's the company line. That's the right thing to say. Now go ahead and prophesy. But he comes in, and first he says, oh, sure, go ahead and attack. And I love it that Ahab can tell he's lying. I I get the impression, we don't have tone of voice here, but I get the impression that he says it in such a fashion that everybody can tell that this is not really what he thinks. And you could imagine him using such a sarcastic voice or something like that, whatever the, the equivalent is in his generation. But Ahab can tell that he's not telling the truth. Now, it's funny because Ahab says, Did, haven't I told you to tell me the truth? Even though Ahab doesn't like the truth, right? The truth is Ahab's going to die. But he still says, go ahead and tell me the truth. And he says, okay, well, the truth is you're going to die. And the truth is... I saw what happened is that God has deceived your 400 prophets. And so one of the prophets comes up and slaps him. Basically, how dare you say that we're telling lies? But they are. Whether they know they're lying or not, they're not telling the truth. What they're saying is they've, they've either been deceived or they're trying to deceive the king. And so they arrest Micaiah and they throw him in jail and basically say, you know, give him bread and water until I get back. And Micaiah says what is true, which is if you get back safely, then the Lord has not spoken through me. Now, this is very important because the penalty in the Mosaic law for a false prophet is to stone them to death. So he's saying, I understand that if you get back safely, then I am lying and you should kill me. That's basically the equivalent of what he is saying. So then this all plays out. Ahab killed at Ramoth Gilead. Now, That's the title of the next section here that gives some things away, but I think we already gave that away with Micaiah's prophecy. And I almost said Micaiah's prediction, but a prophecy is not a prediction. A prophecy is to speak forth what God says. A prediction is to say, well, based on the number of times that you have fought and based on the strength of your armies, I think it's 80% likelihood that you'll have success. That's a prediction. Micaiah made a prophecy. God says you will die. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, went up to Ramoth-Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I will enter the battle in disguise, but you will wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself and went into battle. 
Now the king of Aram had ordered his 32 chariot commanders, Do not fight with anyone small or great except the king of Israel. When the chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat, they thought, surely this is the king of Israel. So they turned to attack him. But when Jehoshaphat cried out, the chariot commanders saw that he was not the king of Israel and stopped pursuing him. But someone drew his bow at random and hit the king of Israel between the sections of his armor. The king told his chariot driver, wheel around and get me out of the fighting. I've been wounded. All day long, the battle raged and the king was propped up in his chariot facing the Arameans. The blood from his wound ran onto the floor of the chariot, and that evening he died. As the sun was setting, a cry spread through the army, every man to his town, every man to his land. So the king died and was brought to Samaria, and there they buried him. They washed the chariot at a pool in Samaria, where the prostitutes bathed, and the dogs licked up his blood, as the word of the Lord had declared." As for the other events of Ahab's reign, including all he did, the palace he built and adorned with ivory and the cities he fortified, are they not written in the book of the annals of the kings of Israel? Ahab rested with his ancestors and Ahaziah, his son, succeeded him as king. Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, became king of Judah in the fourth year of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoshaphat was 34 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 24 years. His mother's name was Azubah, daughter of Shilhi. In everything, he followed the ways of his father Asa and did not stray from them. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. The high places, however, were not removed, and the people continued to offer sacrifices and burn incense there. Jehoshaphat was also at peace with the king of Israel. As for the other events of Jehoshaphat's reign, the things he achieved and his military exploits, are they not written about in the book of the annals of the kings of Judah? He rid the land of the rest of the male shrine prostitutes who remained there even after the reign of his father Asa. There was then no king in Edom, a provincial governor ruled. Now Jehoshaphat built a fleet of trading ships to go to Ophir for gold, but they never set sail. They were wrecked at Ezion Geber. At the time at that time Ahaziah, son of Ahab, said to Jehoshaphat, Let my men sail with yours, but Jehoshaphat refused. Then Jehoshaphat rested with his ancestors and was buried with them in the city of David his father, and Jehoram his son succeeded him as king. Ahaziah king of Israel. Ahaziah son of Ahab became king of Israel in Samaria in the seventeenth year of Jehoshaphat king of Judah, and he reigned over Israel two years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord because he followed the ways of his father and mother and of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin. He served and worshipped Baal and aroused the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. So we get this section here where we introduce two different kings, Jehoshaphat, who we've already met and we've already had some reason to like. Although one thing I have to say about Jehoshaphat is why did he still go into battle at Ramoth Gilead? Why didn't he believe the prophet of the Lord? Now, it didn't say that he would die, and he didn't die. But Ahab does, even though he goes into battle in disguise. This random arrow is fired and just happens to go in between the chinks of his armor. And this interesting detail here that he 
is in his chariot. He basically bleeds out. So they go to wash the chariot, and when they wash the chariot, they wash it at this pool where dogs lick up his blood, which is what the prophets had said last chapter. And so that prophecy is fulfilled, as well as the prophecy of Micaiah. Now, it doesn't say what happened to Micaiah, right? He's supposed to be served bread and water until the king returns safely, and the king never returns safely. It might be that he was released because everybody understood that he had told the truth. We do get that sense that the prophets who, the 400 prophets who had prophesied victory, remember that Micaiah told one of them, when you're hiding in your room, right, when they come for you because you have prophesied something that was untrue, I want you to remember this. But we don't know. They doesn't finish telling that story. This is the book of the kings. And again, while the major conflict in this book is between the kings and the prophets, at this point, we don't finish Micaiah's story. And then we get Jehoshaphat. He's a good king, like his father was a good king. Two good kings in a row is pretty great. Builds trading ships, although they sink. Even good kings have problems sometimes for quite a while. And then Ahab's son becomes king. And I thought it was interesting. It says he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just like his father did. But also we're still bringing up just like Jeroboam, son of Naboth, who caused Israel to sin. In other words, any king of Israel at any time could have come back to the Lord, could have said, forget about these other altars that we have. Forget about these golden calves that we have set up. They could tear them down, as Jehoshaphat is tearing down still some of these other altars. Not the ones in the high places. He doesn't do everything. But it's still, he leaves the country in better shape in terms of their faithfulness to God than when he found it. Ahaziah doesn't. He still does the same thing. He probably still has the same calculation, which is, if I get people to return to the Lord, they'll want to worship in Jerusalem, and I'll lose my kingdom. And again, that sin of what's more important. Is it the truth? Is it God? Or is it my power? And he is, like all of his ancestors so far, choosing my power. And we'll see how well that works out for him next week. And next week, we start Second Kings. This is the last chapter in First Kings. We're closing in on the end of the story of the kings of Israel and Judah. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.